How's it going, everyone? Raymond, Jimbo, Sam. Hello. How's it going, chops? I don't Pretty think Sam has said a word yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying the middle of your guys' conversation. I was a little late. Well, we were um, we were kind of talking about like a good partner and what a good partner can do to uh, help out, you know, somebody who's struggling. And I, I think we need to get Sam started by uh, being good partners and helping him. Sam, how was your weekend? How are you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good. We went to we went to Kansas City. I played in a doubles tournament. We ended up getting second place. Not not a bad tournament. Just nine teams. Wasn't a bad payout. It's four thousand for first. That's but great. yeah, it's not bad for nine teams. And then two thousand for second. So not a not a terrible weekend. That's great. Yeah. What was the entry fee? I was gonna say uh, two hundred a team. But the we went for eleven hundred in the auction. Very good. Cool. So you, so you you got to play with Benny Conway Jr., right? Yes. Yep. Is he, is he back to playing a little bit? A little bit. He he moved to my area for like five years, mm-hmm. and he just there there's he's mainly a, a gambler, and sure. there's just no action here. There's right. nothing here. So he was he was tired of tired of being here. So he he moved to Kansas City, and he's been in action every day and. He's feeling better. That's awesome. Good for him. He's a great player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jim, how are you doing? It's been a little while. I'm all right. How's my audio, by the way? I'm not sure if I'm on the correct microphone or not. Yeah, good, is it? Good. All right. Then I must be. Yeah, good. I'm all right. Really enjoyed the World Cup of Pool. Thought it was a great event. I think uh, we got to give a, a, a round of applause to the Spanish crowd when they were there. I mean, right. it was... It's, it's difficult during the day, you know, and on weekdays on the early matches, it's difficult to get a crowd in. But when they were there, they created a hell of an atmosphere. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a both events were great for Matchroom. I think got to show what's possible, kind of thing. And uh, I thought the events were great. I thought we had cracking finals in both events. Um, and uh, I'm into it. I'm loving it. I'm loving the fact that we basically get every every couple of weeks we get another event. I think it's fantastic. I think the semis and finals in both events were awesome. And I think, I think this last two weeks really starts to show you get the feeling that you kind of get the idea of how matchroom is steadily kind of growing and, and adding more events that are more representative across the world. You kind of get a, a bigger idea of what the world nine ball tour really can be. Yeah. You know, we got to see a lot of players, you know, some of the Asians we haven't seen in a, a while really show their, their their stuff you know we had two asian team winners in the spanish open and in the world cup and it was just brilliant beautiful uh beautiful pool the world cup the doubles that we just watched was uh pretty amazing you know very like it's a cool dynamic because doubles is so different you know you're so used to competing by yourself and doing all that stuff for you and then that you got to gel with somebody else and you can really see where the teams that gelled and you know had good camaraderie really excelled in pressure situations and maybe won some close matches and others that, that didn't and they kind of you know got beat um so it's a it's a it's a it's a pretty unique format i think and it's really fun to watch and it's you know captivating man you, you just can't help but but really and it kind of gives you a little bit of that moscone cup patriotic pride stuff i have a lot of friends in the philippines who are just like completely uh you know sweating the whole action with uh with team philippines as they advanced and man pretty awesome for those two young guys you know for aranas and chua to 
to lift the cup for Philippines because, you know, you have Efren and Django who've done it. And then you had Dennis and Levan who are, you know, elder statesmen now. They're like, you know, they're the, the big vets that are still competing out there. But I mean, you know, this is a definite feather in the cap for the young generation. And they, they really showed out. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, you saw you saw as well how much it meant to them. It was genuine pride that they had. They were almost in tears at the end. They they, they couldn't really find the words for it. And it, did did you see the video that Emily put up on uh, yeah. Facebook of the two of them in the back of the car singing karaoke? You know, it's Car- funny. I was at the uh, <laughs> I was at the international open, and I happened to have a room next to uh, Deluna, and Deluna I could hear in the shower singing like. <laughs> power ballads all day and i'm like shut the hell up pal like you know like what are you doing and he just so they love karaoke like it's just like a thing you know what i loved a lot about their interview was that they said that they grew up together they were like kids yeah. in school where they were 13 years old and you know coming up and playing pool so the fact they got a chance to kind of you know get this far in the world stage and it also you know for james like you know he had a setback where he got basically you know, caught up in the whole visa situation that Dennis got caught up with and he's been in the Philippines, <clears throat> it might've been the best thing that happened to him. You know what I mean? Now in retrospect, cause maybe he wouldn't have, you know, been back in that community. Maybe it's a different team that gets picked for, for doubles, you know what I mean? For Philippines to come out and, and compete. And, you know, maybe that was a little bit of a blessing in disguise uh, for him. And now he's got this opportunity to shine on the world stage and then they're going to go have the Asian open too. So, He's been doing well too, playing well in tournaments and really stepping up. So good for him. What what I found very interesting was in, in the interview afterwards, and I th- they they mentioned it as well in a couple of their interviews as they were going through the rounds. They were referring to it as a World Championships. Now I've never looked at the World Cup of Pool. I mean, it's it's natural. It is the World Championships of team, you know, yeah. You're, yeah. and they 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 consider it to be like a World Championship, and it may be the prestige that it comes from Efren and Bustamante winning it a couple of times together. It really has a massive prestige in the Philippines pool, maybe more than what how we consider it, because I've never really considered it as a world championship, but they really did they, they're calling themselves now world champions. Is it is it fair to call yourself a world championship a world champion winning the World Cup of Pool? I I, I don't know, but I never really looked at it that way. I guess I guess you could technically say, you know, you're world team champions if you win yeah. the World Cup of Pool. It's now based on ranking. So you've qualified through there or you've been invited as as, as a wild card, you know? So uh I mean, you're I opening know. up a bigger question here. Is like, are we are we talking about um, a figurative title of world champion? Are we talking about like an actual WPA sanctioned world title? I mean, obviously, the the, the tail end of that is no, and it's and it's an unequivocal no. But um, the front side of it, well, I mean, the U.S. has this thing where, like, you know, uh, if somebody wins the NBA champions, you're the NBA champions of the world, right? If you win the if you win the Super Bowl, you're the NFL champions of the world. I mean, what does it really mean? I mean, if you want if you want to make that argument, then sure. I mean, there's no more prestigious doubles event. There's really there's no more prestigious team event in all of pool. I mean, Predators trying to do some things with, uh, you know, their their team events where uh, what was it? Uh, the Philippines last year are the official reigning world team champions, right? Uh, and that's actually certified. That's the three person teams. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's a certified ten ball world championship because he only played ten ball, didn't he? I think as far as nine ball goes, uh, you know, this is as significant of a team event win as you can ask for. You know what I mean? So you know, the Moscone Cup is its own thing, and that's a, a different kind of like animal. But for doubles, this has been the pillar 
for nine ball scotch doubles, uh, you know, and with Matchroom kind of running it and promoting it, there's a certain, you know, validity that goes with that. And there's a prestige that goes with that. And there's history there. So I think it's got all the foundational elements to, to be, you know, for them, it's definitely the biggest title they've won, you know. And there's a legacy there that they're, you know, adding a, Probably, a yeah. title for, for Philippines. And, you know, that's all great story. That's all great fun. So, you know, congratulations for them for, for doing that. You know, there's nothing else really that that could argue against it, you know. And you're talking about beating the best players in the world. It's not like you're going up against, you know, uh, you know, league players or, you know, some kind of like, you know, regional open thing. This is a this is a this is an apex event. Well, that's it. I mean, I mean, I know that the, the rankings are still quite young. They're only really 18 months old. Sure. But 16 of those two uh, of those teams had the top 16 players in the world. Yeah. And an unseeded team one, which is pretty and, and, and an unseeded team one because, you know, well, okay, the, the final this is this, this is something I think over time that the seedings will become a little bit more accurate. Sure. The, the yeah, yeah. Will become a little bit more accurate. But I think we all know that China and the Philippines both don't deserve to be outside the top 16 teams. That's just yeah. and they, they will in the future. They will get in there to the expense of a couple of other teams. They were talking about uh, potential for like this whole Asia versus winner of the Moscone Cup. And I think uh, I think which when would be it comes, fantastic, which would be amazing. But I think there's a long storied rivalry between Philippines and China, Taiwan, you know, Taipei. There, I think they should have their own, you know, figure out who, who's who's the winning squad, as well. Like you know, have China versus Philippines, uh, in a in a Moscone Cup team battle. Um, amongst yeah, themselves, the plays the U.S. Yeah, winner of that yeah. plays winner of. Uh, USA versus Europe, I think that gives you the parity that you want and it gives you the better representation that you want. And you get to give more guys in the Asian community uh, an opportunity to really show out. Because Philippines could... Uh, the only idea I haven't liked about uh, potentially doing just a Asia like Reyes Cup where it's just like the five Asian players is that there's going to be some communication issues, right? When you have Chinese Taipei and maybe one or two Filipinos, or vice versa. It's it's not as uh, it's not as representative of a full team capacity, and so that might be really tough um, and put that team at a disadvantage. But if you do uh, China versus or Taipei Taiwan kind of like conglomerate, you know you you, you combine yeah you, you combine those Vietnam. players and you put like maybe like a team Philippines and Vietnam or whatever together. You know what I mean? And you put a team together like that, mm. and you have them go at it. Now you have two premier team events, and then the winners from each go at it, go at it against each other for like a world kind of like team uh, crown. That could be really dope. And then you can spread it out across, you know, the beginning of the year, the halfway point of the year, the end of the year, and uh, it starts looking pretty cool for that kind of stuff. And Tim, Timmy Blags brought up a question here, something I want to, to, to ask you guys as well. We're, we're, I guess we'll find out in due course, but does this mean the World Cup of Pool goes to the Philippines next year and that they have then two teams in the World Cup of Pool? Because and they would have to piggyback they, it off. The, the rumor is, it seems to be quite a strong rumor that the winner hosts it the next year and gets two teams. So are we going to the Philippines? Is it going to be two Philippine teams in there playing the final, possibly? That'd be strong. That'd be strong. 
but the, cra- the, the, the crowds that would be attracted there. Oh, amazing! They're they're going to they're going to need a Moscone Cup arena around there. They can't they can't do it with just ble- a couple of bleachers on the side. They're going to have to put a full arena up there for the oh, crowd. Yeah. They're going to gather and probably a barn too because there's going to be chickens flying everywhere. There's going to be cats <laughs> chasing around the chickens. Yeah, the players there'll be players will be standing this much water around the table. <laughs> there'll be flies all over the place. Just... Yeah, there'll be somebody picking flies off the table. <laughs> wow. But um, that would be pretty nuts. If that, if would, be awesome. that, that, that would be probably the biggest, the, the, probably the best atmosphere you could get at a pool tournament. Uh, if Matchroom were to go over to the Philippines and, and put the World Cup of pool there. And it was well, probably really, in Manila, right? I mean, it was in Manila for a while. Yeah. It has been, yeah, yeah. Manny Pacquiao would lay out the, ra- the red carpet for them, for sure. And, oh, uh, they'd, be tre- they'd be treated like gods over there. It'd be crazy. Uh, absolutely. No, it, w- it would be wild. Um, if that's the case, and yeah, two Filipino teams. I mean, you know, take your pick. You know, well, you got to you you, you got to think those two guys get to defend, and then you're talking like Biado and I don't know. You, Anton wow. Ragas based over there. Does he get in based on his Biado? You know, Biado maybe Biado and Dennis. Biado Dennis. Yeah, I, I would All love this. to see. I would love to see Django and uh, Efren. I mean, if you're gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, do, do, do they do they throw out do they throw out a real big one and just say let's bring back Django and Efren for that for Team B something yeah, like that? You know what I mean, I mean, if you're gonna have, fun with it, have you're fun talking with it. about if, if you're talking about trying to sell it and bring in viewers and and the public, you're not gonna get more than Efren. I mean, I I, I mean, could you could you have better teams? Of course. I mean, it'd be silly to think yeah. that you could couldn't. But I mean, as Mustamani's far as Mustamani still Mustamani still dabbing by the way. He's still playing. Great. Oh, dude, he he's plays still playing great. great. Yeah, he's still, yeah, he I mean, really I saw him playing a, a long set against Appleton not so long ago. Well, what was it? Efren, Efren made the final three of the bank uh, this past year at Derby. So, I mean, he can, he's still yeah. out of gear. Was it the yeah, one I think pocket? it was the one pocket. Oh, yeah. How yeah, awesome pocket, yeah. How awesome was that? Oh, yeah, because it was, uh, it was um, T-Rex and uh, uh, what is it? Hennessy and yeah. then Efren, right? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he can still get there. I, th- I think that this uh, this event has like more potential than I mean even the Moscone Cup. I think that this has more potential than any other event. I, in the future, I would love to see like um, how amazing would it be if they didn't they no longer did any rankings. You could just go to any partner that you want in the entire world, or sorry, in the entire country, whatever your country is, and say, all right, Sam, Sam and I are going to play in, a, in a, an event. We're going to try to qualify as the U.S.'s representative. Obviously, Shane is going to take Sky or, you know, some combination of that. But may- maybe Sky and Billy play together. And then you, you play some some tournament at the at some point in time in the season. And whoever wins that Scotch doubles tournament is the representative for your country. How much fun would that be, Jim? You'd be able to get involved. You can grab your uh, your buddy from the local pub and go down and compete against uh, Niels and, uh, you know, Mark or whoever. Uh, that, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And then you would you get the best combination? Probably, but you wouldn't have to. But I think that would be I, kind of the fun, I, the fun part of the, the qualifying process. How much fun would that be? I think at the end, I think yes, they could do something like that. But I think you still have to have the top ranked players already in there. What you could do is they, they could even extend it to instead of being thirty two teams, extend it to sixty four teams, and you have your your top seeds or, or even have your top sixteen teams being seeded teams, yeah, and then the you, have, you have qualification like for the other sixteen. You know, so then you can. You know, you can try and qualify for your country as their B team or even as their A team if they already don't have one, and try yeah, and that'd be a lot of fun. That that would be quite cool. That would give that would give people a a, a way in to the tournament. 
But I think you still have to guarantee the spots for the top, top guys because you still need the viewerships. You know, you yeah. still need, you know, and these guys, these guys have earned their right to be in that tournament. Yeah. You can't just turn around and say, no, you've got to earn it again by playing in a qualification where you could go into think, a I stinky think, uh, little pool hole somewhere and get sharked by some guy and now you're out of the World Cup of pool. You can't really do that, you know? I think Matchroom's got it right, I think, with the idea of, like, having their calendar of events earn you points towards rankings, towards invitations, towards these kind of things. Like, this really puts a, a bigger priority on that, you know, for people. So when they have an opportunity to say, well, which tournament am I going to go to? You know, are they going to go to this event or that event? They see this as a possible venue. If they may start, you know, really doing something uh, out on the stage, they're going to get invites. Like right now, like on the U.S., you have a guy like like Shane Wolford. He's putting in the hours and putting in the the getting some good results, and it's going to prove dividends for him now. Let's say this year, right, as he's going to be one of the favorites to make the team for USA. But down the line, there's going to be opportunities for him to open up to get opportunities for you know, invites to events and that kind of stuff because his rankings going to continue to go up as it relates to American stuff. And I know that they had posted something about wanting to add bigger events here in the U.S. Um, and that's going to be really awesome because I think the U.S. needs that. They need, like, right now we have the U.S. Open, we have the International, um, but we need, like, maybe two other events, you know what I mean, at least, that are yeah, U.K. Open, European Open, kind of U.S. Open, style events uh at least in the u.s and um that'll start opening doors for americans to have more representation too and earn big points you know what i mean not chase a bunch of little points and like you know because right now you really only get one tournament here in, in the u.s to get a chance to crack and, and make a big a derby derby city too yeah derby's up there that's, uh, that's ten thousand, right uh yeah yeah, turning, so turning stones involved as well at the moment in the rankings. But, yeah, but that's not, that's what he's talking about is like bigger events. Like if you win like turning stones, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like yeah. you need like three or four of those, I think, in the U.S. Uh, to really have it be a legitimate, you know. Well, at the end of the day, this is all very, very young. So it's gonna, it's gonna be right. the no, they're they're going to be the it's going to be the young guys that are eventually going to that are going to benefit from this, and we just happen to have one of them sitting with us right now Sam. literally just sitting <laughs> wait, wait i mean you must be watching this all growing and stuff that must be quite exciting it must be quite exciting for you as as not thinking you know there's something for me now to play for there's a reason for me to practice and it's not just about earning the occasional couple of hundred dollars now there is there is something in the where, where, where do you see or where would you like to see it in the next you know five years growing with your career growing uh, I would definitely like to see more of the, the open events. I know that they just added the Asian Open and the, the Filipino Open. Um, Which filled up in like 20 minutes too. Yeah. Less, less yeah. 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 I want to. I just want to see all these big events start to grow and then all the top players start to come out. And then I obviously want more of the U.S. events, more big ranking events in the U.S. Because I – uh, I hate planes and I hate the ocean. I don't want to. I don't want to really go over there, but I will if I have to to be able to get those ranking points. So hopefully they make it more. Hopefully they make it more, you know, like easier for people like me in the U.S. to to actually get those big ranking points to be able to make the Moscone team or you know the World Cup of Pool or you know any of those ranking point qualifiers. Yeah. So, Do you like the idea of you and I representing the U.S. Sam? 
with that. Uh, I think I think I think of him representing the US. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam and I were Sam and I were gonna move to what country were we gonna move to? Morocco. Yeah, we're gonna move to Morocco. There's uh <laughs> there was uh there was one player that was yeah, like a just six- why, why so so as you can make the top twenty. <laughs> well there, there was a player that, yeah, there was a player that uh, there was there was one player that was like a six forty five and there was a player that was like a five eighty that was uh, on the Moroccan pool team. So Sam and I were going to move to Morocco and we were going to represent uh, Morocco at the World Cup of Pool. That was our plan. It was genius until we never did it. <laughs> yeah, genius indeed. Well, how about that final in 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 the World Cup? Um, you know, Chua and Aranas. Chua, I think, really. Um, you know, we, we we you hear you've heard of the Filipino players, and it's always been like, you know, it's Dennis, it's Lee Van. Uh, Beato, probably the most recent one who came out of, you know, the Philippines and really established himself and won a big event and kind of proven as like one of those top guys. And then there's always been that like second tier of Filipino players, young up and comers, and then a bunch of people that we don't know about that are on the islands. We always hear about that. Uh, Chua is one of those guys that it's been kind of working on his game and trying to develop. And I mean, man, this tournament, he played, he played jam up, you know, he played really amazing pool. Um, it, to me, I love situations where somebody takes a shot where you look, oh, there's a couple options here that are like a little touchy. You got to be feeling good to play them. Then he plays like uh, just something that's a little bit more aggressive. But in a, in, a, in, in a way, it just shows he's comfortable. Like he played this four rail, you know, up table pattern instead of playing like a slow rolling, a one ball in and a key pressure shot. And he just whipped the ball in the corner, and, you know, brought the cue ball, four cushions up table, got perfect for a position. And he was just doing that kind of stuff, like, you know, the whole last couple rounds, it just felt like he was just completely thriving in that environment. And it's great to see somebody who's getting the opportunity, getting to that place, that place, that stage, and then also just delivering his full game, you know what I mean, for everybody to really watch and appreciate. And, um, you know, pretty, pretty special stuff, you know. There was was one, there was one shot, and it was the second last shot, it was, it was actually his last shot of the entire tournament. That mm-hmm. kind of summed up his game for me. The way he played that eight ball to get position on the nine in the last rack. I mean, you're on the rail. You know, it's not oh, the seven, easy. The seven in in the side where he he. No, no, he played the eight ball at the bottom corner, and he went around two rails to get plumb on the nine. Now a shot like that, you can do, you you know, you're on the rail, yeah. and you you're you're oh, thinking right. how, how how do I split this? How do I split the difficulty yeah, yeah, yeah. of the pot and the difficulty position? But he's basically turned around and said, I'm taking all the difficulty on this and I'm going to leave my partner as good as I can. And he's rammed that eight ball in and come round two rails. It looks simple, but that's a tough shot in those circumstances. And he's taking all the responsibility on that one shot and just left Aranis with a tap-in to to win the match, you know? And if you go back to the quarterfinal, they're 8-2 up on on the Coe brothers. And all of a sudden, they're 8-8. They've been given the chair treatment for the last half hour. He walks up to a horrible two-ball down the rail and yeah. he's just thought right that's it and he's rammed this two ball down the rail it would have gone in in a two and a half three inch pocket yeah and he's come plumb on the three and they've run out it's just like oh the, the guy he, he made a new fan out of me i was just so impressed with how he played you can't, you can't help but love it you know they oh were- it's amazing amazing he, di- he didn't shy away from anything there was no fear he had a cut on a five ball uh, in the final that looked like he had to play safe but he decided no well, i can make it i can go around four rails and he come plumb on the six just just floated past the eight ball yeah. and it's like all of a sudden it's a tap in rack it's like this guy is just sick 
one of those scenarios, uh, he screamed out something in, in Tagalog, and a friend of mine, Ren Devere, he posted uh, the translation. He says, uh, we have the heart of warriors, uh, you know, or we have the blood of warriors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you I know, mean, it was... So it's pretty awesome that he's like, you know. But they both pulled out, you know, and, and, and the way he played the game, I think, made it easier for Aranis to play, you know. Aranis was just thinking, my partner's just... He was sitting there thinking, my partner's just crazy. This is just insane. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it doesn't matter what I do. He's going to get me out of this. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he himself. I mean, the the, the against Aust against uh, Germany in the final, when uh, you know they had a bit of a they, they got a bit of a fluke. They made the eight and the fluke, and he had this really dodgy two ball straight down, and he just floated it in perfectly. It was like, hold on a minute, wow. I mean, if you start, I mean, you could see in the final, and I thought, well, if if Aranis is going to start knocking balls in from everywhere, right. then this is there's not a lot that can go wrong for them. And it was it was an amazing performance. And yeah. um, Chua played some shots that reminded me a little bit of Beato. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. Open run. There are certain shots that he just like he took these extended kind of like multiple rare patterns and stuff because he was feeling so good and so confident. Mm -hmm. And he just saw, you know, these shots. So there was no hesitation. You know what I mean? No. And if it was a tough shot down the rail, he just cut. And this is like the first person I've seen to really play like that. You know what I mean? Uh, for the Philippines and for him to do it in that stage. And then like what you're saying, when you're when you're pumping them in, you give your partner a lot of confidence. You settle them down. They don't have to sweat it as much, even if they might be feeling the nerves. Yeah. And those, those two together, there was a lot of trust. Um, and... And, you know, uh, Chua never really put heat on Aranis. If there was something that was uncomfortable, he just came with it. He's like, sure, no problem. I'll shoot this in, no problem. And that's a beautiful, when it comes to doubles, chemistry is, I think, the the factor that really determines whether or not a, a team is going to be successful. And they had it in spades. And um, it's an, it's inspiring to watch, you know. It's, it's, it's beautiful, you know, to see these guys get an opportunity to – win the biggest tournament in this kind of discipline and make some decent money that 30 grand or however much it was buys a lot of uh, lumpia and rice and all this stuff in the Philippines. So, you know, they're, they're going to be doing just fine. And they're going to get a hell of a welcome when they get home as well. Oh shit. Yeah, it's, they're going to be like, treated like Kings. It's yeah. uh, I thought it was, uh, I, I mean, I thought that, that some of the matches we saw there, I mean, people talk about, you know, whether winner breaks or alternate break and stuff like that. I think when you see some of the matches there, some the, the, it was just it, it all just fell into place perfectly. You know the Cole brothers coming back, you know Germany coming back in the fight. I mean, it seemed it, it seemed that everybody came back on the Philippines, but somehow they they managed to hold it together and not get down themselves, and then boom, finish the matches off. I also, yeah. I also want to give credit to Moritz Newhausen and and Filler both because Filler really I think shows how good of a doubles partner he is. He's got so much ability. Uh, he can just come with certain things and, you know, it takes a lot of heat off as a partner, but it was nice to see them, you know, communicating, uh, in German, you know, I don't speak German, but it was good to see them kind of really work together. And, and Moritz came with some really tough shots for being 19. I mean, he, he really showed, uh, he's a, he's a class player, uh, a great disposition. Uh, they had a emotional support unicorn, you know, what, what more could you want, you know, from something like that, but they, that walk, that, that walk on music has to go. I mean that that, 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 has, that has to go. I mean that is not what Emily asked for when she turned around and offered a special prize for the best walk-on. That's not what she had. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, and they, I mean, they 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 want to they pull the match out against China the semifinals. You know, 
Um, and that was really like on the knife's edge. And uh, they basically snatched that one away. And Moritz played solid and, and, and you know, Filler played great. I thought they, they complemented each other well. Probably see them play again um, for Team Germany. I would imagine so, yeah. I think Filler plays really well with some of the young guys. And I think he's finally got a young player who is uh, humble and has no ego and is not worried about some of the stressors that maybe some of the more established uh, German players would that, you know, lets him and them kind of gel and 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 kind of go for it. You know, Filler's definitely the alpha in that scenario for Germany. And he's got somebody who doesn't care whether or not he's the alpha or not. He's just happy to play there and, and play his best and get the opportunity to compete with a legend in the making, you know. So pretty cool uh, for them and see them kind of go and do well. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting. Uh, so this this event historically has always had a, we'll say, a high upset rate. Uh, looking at the final eight players, I mean, you can make a very, very, very serious argument that all of the eight teams that are remaining are the eight best teams. You're never going to question uh, China, Germany, Poland, Austria, Philippines and the Chinese Taipei as Spain, like, a, Spain, Spain a is missing because they just got a bad draw in the first round with the Philippines. Well, of the of the teams that could come out, you're not going to argue that Philippines is right there, right? I think no, no, but, is a, you know, yeah. I mean, I think, I, Philipp, I think the Philippines is a better team than Spain on paper, personally. I am. Um, it's close. When, when we did the podcast last week, I basically picked based on who I thought would win, and I had. I had the, the, the semifinals as uh, Spain against, uh, I had three of them. I had China, I had Germany, I had the Coe brothers and I had, no, the Coe brothers and I had, uh, mm. no, no, Coe brothers and um, Austria. Um, so three out of the four got there. It was pretty much, you know, they, they were the seeded teams. The seeded teams got there. You know, Austria and Germany as the seeded teams. The Philippines and China are the two ones that should have been seeded. You know, so they were, you know, it kind of came out as you would expect based on, if you put, if you stuck the Fargo up there, that would be what you would get, you know, pretty much. Well, I mean, the only the only two teams I would say that would, or uh, maybe let's say three teams that would be potentially questionable would be Japan. Uh, but it's not like Japan is a bad team. Uh, you know, you just on paper, you would think that the U.S. has a slight advantage. Uh, Japan played really good that set, though. Yeah. You know, they, and, then, they really and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Great Britain. I mean, I, I personally think Vietnam was a better team than them. But yeah, at this, I mean, of the of the Great Britain had a pretty soft draw in this. I mean, as as far as where you could have had. I mean, it's pretty, pretty chalky, I would say, of of who is alive left in the quarterfinals well so great whatever britain, you want to say great, great britain were seeded five so you know they they're seeded fifth because of jason of course granted yeah. but they're seeded fifth so you know they should they should be getting to you know they should be at least winning one match in the vietnam match was a coin flip as far as i'm concerned and they got through it you know they, they could have lost yeah. it just but you know Philippines, the Philippines could have been out like two or three times as much as great as they played and as great as Chua played they, they you know they they survived some hill hill matches, yeah. Yeah, they, they they could have got they could have gone early, and, and nobody would have blinked an eye. They would have said if they'd gone to the Co Brothers, everyone would be saying, you know, well, you know, that's the Co Brothers, and that's what they do. And blah, 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 they would have went to Spain, eh? It would have been the, for me. For me, that for me, at that moment in time, the Co Brothers were favourite against them. For me, 
I mean, how can you argue against the co against the co-brothers no. against anybody if you're talking about ability? The way uh, Coping Chung's been playing recently, we know what Coping Yi does, and you talk about the, the chemistry that two players can have together. I mean, that's as strong a team as you could probably put together. You know, so for me, they're favorite. They, they'd be favorites against almost everybody. But okay, Philippines won, and they went on and they won the tournament. You know. Um, yeah, those, those those early rounds, races to seven, anything can happen, you know. And it's a bit, it's about surviving those first couple of rounds, and then you get into the real nitty gritty of the tournament. That match against the Cobra was, was when you realize, okay, Philippines are a threat to yes to the tournament, you know, legitimately. No. So, no. yeah. No, pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a great event. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I watched every. Tim, what was, your, what was your takeaway? What was your biggest takeaway from? What. You bro, you cut up there. Oh, what was your uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the the World Cup? You think? Um, I was a bit surprised by the Philippines winning it. To be honest, I thought for sure Spain A was going to knock them out in the first round. I I watched that match, and after that match, I was like, wow, you know, Philippines are got a really good shot at this. I thought I was uh really like I really liked watching a uh, Spain B uh play they played really solid their first match it was very fun to watch that match um i was hoping the u.s was going to do a little bit better than they did i thought for sure they would take down japan and and then they'd have decent chances against uh china but they went down i didn't really get to watch that match i know that uh they didn't have their best performance but um other than that it was a it was a really great event i thought uh great matches uh really interesting and then I'm happy for the Philippines that they ended up taking it down. So definitely, definitely a great event. I think the U.S. has the worst fans in the entire world, though. Yeah, they were. They definitely did not support. They didn't support the U.S. after they lost. That was. It got. It did get a bit brutal on social media. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's so, so silly. Humidity. It's so silly. Like, you know, you you have like. You know these matches are t are tough. You're dealing with the best players in the world. Uh, I know you're like entitled in the world. In entitled to want to win every match ever. You know because that's otherwise. And if you don't do that, then you know then you're a loser. You're a bum. You should go. You know, go deliver pizzas or something. Whatever. Jonathan I mean, Hennessy would have made that shot. I saw a couple Skyler, of those comments. Skyler just, <laughs> Skyler, Skyler just finished getting to the semifinals of the Spanish Open for the second event in a row. Second event in a row. He's playing great. Doubles is hard. He had a tough miscue in 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 a, in a spot that that in a short race like that can cost control. And then now now you're in coin flip territory. You know what I mean? Like, and you just lost a coin flip. You know, against a team that came out and played great. Japan played really good that set, and you couldn't afford that extra miscue. You couldn't afford that extra little whatever. And that's just it. That's competitive pool. You know, that's going to happen. You got to just. You know, flip the coin, and do it again. You know what I mean? That's really that's all you can do. And these are your your two best players in the country, and they play well together, and they're comfortable. And it just they didn't win this time. Fine. All right. Well, uh, then let 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 me play devil's advocate and throw the question out there for you guys. Yes, it's the two best players in the country. Are they the best? Are they the best team that you can put up? Well, I mean, Sky and Bergman have never lost a doubles match ever. I think, and they're for a little while they had an open who? invitation. To Sky anybody. and who? Uh, Bergman, they had an open invitation for a while. Justin Bergman, he's a he's a I haven't he's seen a him in years. 
car salesman or something. I don't know. Yeah, he, used to, he used to play good. Can't break, can't break worth of shit, but he used to be oh, quite right. a good pool player. Yeah, <laughs> but you would have to assume that, you know, Sky probably has good chemistry. He's like a real easy person to play with. So who do you want to pair with him, you know? And it's like, you well, know. That, that would be then. So so if, if you were to swap one of them out, you would swap Jason. You would swap Shane out if you were to swap one of them out. I well, would historically say, speaking, they've, they've swapped both, right? I mean, Sky played with Billy one year, and uh, uh, Shane played with Tyler one year. It didn't work either way. Shane, Shane played with Tyler? Shane, Shane never played with Tyler. Shane never played with Tyler. Tyler's, Tyler's never played World Cup of Pool. Shane has played with Earl. Shane has played with Rodney. I thought Shane, I thought, played, uh, Shane played with Tyler at uh, like a like the USB team or something like that, the, the one uh, year. Am I wrong there? You're wrong. Yeah. Okay. Tyler's never played World Cup. So Shane, Shane okay. has played with uh, Earl and he's played with Rodney. He snapped it off with uh, with Rodney one year. Rodney, yep. Uh, he got close a couple of times with Earl. He got close to the semifinals and the finals, I think, with Sky a couple of times. So, I mean, you know, as long as he's playing, that's you're you're probably going to anchor around Shane. And Sky is is very easy to get along with, so he's going to have good chemistry there. Other players who would play with Shane, I don't think match well. I think there's more players that match well with Skyler because he's so easygoing and he has a good rapport with guys like Billy, guys like uh, Shane Wolford and that kind of stuff. It's easier to pair somebody with Skyler because the relational thing, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, as, as long as Shane wants to play, he's going to be the guy because he's the number one ranked player in the country, you know, for these two year rankings until it's Skyler, you know what I mean? Then there's a, a third player that, that beat Shane on rankings uh, you know, it's kind of a moot point. So you got to love the two together. They play well together. They have complementary games. And, you know, everybody's happy when they win. You know, that's really what it just comes down to. They're just a little bit spoiled. They think they're – and they're liable to beat anybody. They could win this tournament next time they run it back. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not a big deal. People need to relax on social media. Go go, go have a hot dog. But you know what it is? And, I mean, I've said this. Uh, you get – you don't get criticized on your failures. You get criticized based on your successes. Yeah. You know, and these these two guys, like like a lot of the top guys, you know, the people don't look at all the good things they've done. As soon as they do something that, that is not up to expectation, then everything's shit and they are crap and everything has to be changed. And both guys, both guys did what you would want from a partner. They were supportive. They weren't super negative. They didn't check out like there was a good, good examples of, of teams that did that throughout the tournament that progressed. Like Wang Can struggled early in the tournament. You can tell he was nervous and Wu patted them on the back, kept them encouraged, and they just kept going. You know what I mean? And they they showed good resilience, and they were a shot away from making it to the to the finals. You know what I mean? So they were right there, you know? And that's what you want. You want you want your team to, to go up there and, and be supportive. You saw teams that didn't do that, and they struggled, and they, they kind of beat themselves, right? Because sometimes... Anybody, anybody in particular? Oh, well, you know, it's just... it's just You can just tell, you know, there's there's there's... Sometimes when you cope with certain pressure a certain way for you, it works for you, right? And you get yourself going. Uh, when it's with, when you're with in a doubles format, when you do that with somebody else, then you can really start seeing you know tension and and it could be not as good, right? Because they may not respond to that in the right way. So knowing your partner is a big deal, and having that camaraderie. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, you know, we learned a little bit about that, I think, this week and seeing what works and doesn't work. And and it's, you know, on to the next, I guess. 
Jeremy Fedkenauer asking where Feder would fit into this conversation. Um, well, he kind of doesn't because he doesn't have a. a he's a wizard. Well, he's Russian. He's Russian. So uh, <laughs> I was going to say, do you think that the? Do you think we'll ever see Russia again in one of these? I mean, ever again is a little silly to say, right? Because I mean, I feel bad. Well, I feel bad for them because they have some really top-notch quality players. You know, sure. That are, you know, I mean, Ruslan was playing great. You know, Federer, and you had uh, what, what? What was his name? Um, um, the first kind of really super talented Russian that came out, played pyramid, and went to the Philippines. Ste uh, you had uh, Stepanov, you had uh, uh, Chinnikov, um oh, There was a load of them. Um, uh, Lutska, 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 or yeah. There's there's a there's a load of Russian players that have just sort of disappeared now, and. Uh, yeah. I don't know whether I mean I I don't know. You, yes, we will see them back. Again. This whole situation will not continue forever and ever and ever. Um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate. You get as soon as there's a tournament that comes up where 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 you're representing representing your nation. Fedor's just, just not going to get in at the moment, you know. Because well, I would I would say the Fader the Fader never plays in the World Cup of pool unless it's for the U.S. I, I, uh, I don't. I don't oh, think by the time Russia. That, 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 I think that's complete nonsense. But okay. Why? I didn't know that. Why? I I don't think that Russia is going to be back into the the World Cup of pool anytime in the next ten years. And by the by the time ten years is up, he'll probably be a citizen. Why? Why, why not? Why, why, what? What? What do you think? Why? Why ten years? What happens within ten years that that makes you think that that Russia does not get a flag in one of the World Cup of pool tournaments? Well, I don't see a situation where they would ever be get the nod with. Uh, I mean, if if the if the Russia and Ukrainian war is still going on. There's no way that they're going to be celebrated on a national. Yes, stage. if the war, but then, you, but so, so you're saying the war will still be going on ten years from now. Well, I'm, is... I'm saying that even once the war is done, there's going to be a there's going to be a fallout period where they're still not going to want to highlight anything from Russia. That that could be five years, it could be one year, it could be ten years. I don't know. No, but I would I would I would I would hazard to guess to say that one of the first walls that would will be broken down is sport. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, sure. I, I I think uh, you know. We, we we see things like this has happened with like Aranas, where he was barred from the international, at least from playing in the U.S. And he went back to the Philippines. And I, uh, Federer posted something about you know not even seeing his family for 16 months or 18 months or something like that. And he he's really kind of like in a headspace where it's like you know it, he wants to get back and being competing, but there's all these other emotional stressors and things like as simple as not being able to see your folks, you know that we take for granted and we just expect these guys to be robots and, um, and play perfect, you know? And I think players being more open about those struggles makes it normal for people to kind of, you know, yeah, I'm going through this. It's really affecting me. And, uh, I'm just glad to take a, a break a little bit and go spend time with my family. Like I'm happy to see that he's doing that and getting an opportunity to do that. That's awesome. And I hope it, you know, ref refills him, you know what I mean? Gets him to a place where he feels comfortable and stable and just continues to do what we know that he can do. You know, it was a shame uh, during the Spanish open that it was, there was, I guess, issues in that same venue with the air conditioning or whatever. Um, I thought of, of the last two weeks, that's probably like the biggest oversight or whatever, who knows what the logistical things were. They just mentioned it was super hot. Um, that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? I think, it's 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 poor uh, representation for let's say like the Spanish guys that are competing, bringing people to their country. You know, it doesn't look good on them, and they obviously don't want their country associated with. Oh, it's it's super hot and sweaty. You know, whatever. Like we don't have air conditioning, whatever. So that's kind of unfortunate that happened. But he posted a, a story saying that it was like 80, 
85 degrees inside the arena and you just see he has like a cool towel around his head just trying to stay you know cool between matches it's already hard enough to play world-class pool when there's air conditioning you already feel the heat you know what i mean but to actually have 85 90 degree temperatures in there so brutal um you know and that's also challenging and if there's any chink in the armor crack in the mental fortress you know what i mean it'll start that's where you start kind of getting worn down um but you know I think they rebounded well. There's no talk about it at all for the World Cup. So I guess they had all that situated by the time that the World Cup happened. And um, and it was a beautiful event. You got to see players play their best games, and and that's what you want, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Sure. But I think, you know, as far as the Feder doubles thing, he, you know, he's like a filler level kind of guy the second that russia gets allowed back into play he's got a bunch of guys that he could pick up and play as a partner and they're going to be one of the favorites to, to to make a deep run you know because like like chua like filler like all these guys he can execute and come with shots and just handle the situation he's got all the experience and the skills and if you put somebody behind him that can that can hang there and, and play well with him and has good chemistry then you know who knows how about an idea of it's a stupid idea, but we need something to talk about. There's a spot for a ranking team. So the two highest players from the ranking who are not representing their own team form a team together. And they just they don't have a country flag, they have the matchroom flag, and they are the matchroom rent. Then you can get then you can have somebody like Federer in any tournament you want to, because he's not representing Russia then, is he? So you turn around and say, okay, this is this is our uh, rank, and the top two players who are not representing a country, they couple up together. Doesn't matter what, and that's the matchroom team, and they go in and they play it. Just why not yeah. do something like that? That'd be pretty cool because then you've got then you could have two players that really don't like each other <laughs> playing with each other, and they are you know they have nothing. To, yeah. Well, I mean, it yeah. kind of destroys the what you're trying to build with the the nationality of this, right? I did, I did. Why does it destroy it? It's a, it's the matchroom team. Matchroom. I did. Matchroom. Because I did want to give uh, give like a quick kudos too to the production side of stuff. These were the nicest looking interviews that Matchroom has done yet. But did you, did you hear what? Did you hear what it was? They had they had a hair and uh, makeup uh, team in there this time. Oh, so they yeah. even they even yeah. had Carl boys with doing oh, his perfect. hair. And... Well, uh, the like. Like the little snippets and stuff, they were shot and lit the best that they've done so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, I have a I have a production background, so I've always kind of like saying like, oh, you know, whatever. But um, they were there. They've made an improvement there. So uh, shout out to Matron for hiring whoever you hired or bringing whoever you had on. Uh, those interviews look great. They had the nice uh, flag lighting stuff like in the background. That was in the background too. It was contextual and really cool. So um, yeah, they make they've made an improvement uh, on that side of stuff as well. Yeah, they, they, but they are. This this seems to be the trend. They, they 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 it's every time it's just at least just a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Every single event is at least just a little bit. I and posted. No no errors are continually made. Yeah, no, no. The, I, if there's I, an error made, they see it, they know about it, and they correct it, and then they move on. It's. I posted one takeaway that I thought detracted from the show, and it was the Singapore-China uh, match. There was 5-5, five, five, and there was a breakout of turn, I think. from uh, I think Sherik Syed broke twice in a row, and the referee called foul after the break. And to me, I just thought that that took away 
from that match and from the production, there's all of a sudden there's just like, we got to slow things down. We got to check the tape to confirm there's this explanation. And Singapore is confused because they thought this was this. And then they, there's back and forth stuff. And then I, I imagine it from a layman standpoint, seeing that and being confused, like what's actually happening. Somebody has to explain that to me. Then Carl Boys is doing commentaries, like watching the match the whole time. He's like, I have no idea whose turn it is to break at all. I just think that all because they're focused on on the on the on the game on actually playing. I just think that whole scenario is easily avoided. You know, they can just say the match is five to five. Mr. Sharik, you know, Singapore up to break or Singapore team team Singapore and Sharik Syed to break. Simple yeah. or team Singapore and and Mr. Yap to break. And it's very yeah. elegant. It's like a, but it's you have a, you, but it's very simple. It's, it's even simpler than that. You have the scoreboard, and the scoreboard is visible to the players above the table. All you yeah. need is a little red dot beside the player's name, and it moves every time there's a new break. And if you they want to know, you look up, you see the red dots beside your name. Yeah. It's your break. It, yeah, it, but then, but then you're relying on somebody to always have that right. Yeah, that, really, what happens that if somebody? Fires, what happens? It can be automatically done as soon as the score's updated. The dot moves. It's an automatic. Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, it's it's an automatic thing that somebody has to do, right? So if 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 they get it wrong, is it your responsibility to follow the scoreboard? Is it or is it your responsibility as a player to get it right? No, it right. doesn't solve the problem. If the, say, if the scoreboard says it's your turn, but it, it, it technically isn't, you can't be called a foul on. Right. I mean, you know, and why? that and, that, and that's the point that I, not the scoreboard. No, no, no. Hold on a minute. If the referee, if the referee says it's not a foul, but it turns out the to be a foul later, it's still not a foul, right? The so, referee's not so, saying it. The scoreboard is. No, but this is why the like the whole scoreboard thing. I would just, I would just not even rely on that because it's a. So what if the referee said? What if the referee says it wrong? Exactly. So that's the point. Is that if I that's ask why the it's referee, not the job, it's the player's responsibility. No, no, no. This is he's uh, Jim's exactly right. If I ask the referee, it, whose turn is it to break, and they get it wrong, then that's different. Yes. Okay, so now that's why, that's why the onus lies with the referee. It's the same. It's the same in darts. When you, when you, when you, when you, when you throw in darts, if yeah. you throw one hundred and thirty, but the referee announces one hundred and thirty-one, as soon as the score's updated, your score is one hundred and thirty-one. Yeah. Every and every other major sport. Don't, in the snooker, referee. Just, in yeah. snooker, the You're referee missing my point. Points. The, in, in snooker, referee calls everything. In straight pool, the referee is calling the, the point total, the run total, all this other stuff. And it has a level, a, a gravitas to it, a professionalism to it. To me, it looks ugly when a player breaks and the referee goes, ah, sorry, it wasn't your break and it's a foul. Take take the foul. And then it's kind of like a gotcha moment that I, I don't think is as elegant or professional. And I understand the idea behind wanting to keep the players accountable. But I think the simple step of saying, uh, that uh, Team USA leads three to one, Mr. Woodward to break, it's done. Right. I don't think a referee should not be knowingly watch somebody break out of time. Yeah, yeah. Why is it, it, why it, is it their job? It's not, why is it the ref's job to do the player's job? No, it, listen. If after the players ask, if the players also ask, to, you're, look, you're also, there, you're also there to assist. You know, I mean, if it's, if it's an out of a short turn during a rack, then okay fine okay 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 you may you okay. may have just if you, you may have both can argue against me you got to give me a chance to talk because you're both just like like talking over you're okay, well, let me just say, let me just say one more, let me just say one more thing let's put, put, put them in a position where they've just played a 35 minute rack yeah the it's question fine. is always going to come up whose break is it yeah oh i'm not saying that the ref, i'm not saying the ref can't answer the question i'm saying the, my point the is the safeguard is that I don't get to tell you what my point is because you guys keep cutting me off before I can say anything. And from like, that point on, from and that then point you're arguing on. against something I'm not even talking about. 
from that point on, every team double checked with the ref and made the ref's job harder. And then there's a back and forth just to confirm. And now there's an extra layer of friction that doesn't need to be there. Whereas if the ref just says, Mr. Sherrick to break, Mr. Woodward to break, Mr. Wu to break, all that is avoided. You already have a, a group of people that are tracking this information anyways, and it's a non-issue forever. A, a non-issue forever. It never happens again, and you just get to watch people play world-class Okay. Pool. And that's okay, so then I gotta step out real quick. Okay, so then so then uh, the ref should have stopped uh, Joey before he got down and shot the wrong ball out of turn because the ref shouldn't allow people to, to foul on stream. That's that's no no. That's that's where that's, do you draw the line? That's during Every, a rack. Oh, I, oh my god! It doesn't matter. It's all during the match, right? There's there's no way that a ref should be stopping you from uh, being incompetent to your responsibilities as a player. It's an unfortunate situation that it happened. It happens once every 200 tournaments, and we're trying to solve a problem because it happened once. I mean, that's just stupid. If you can't remember who's, if you can't remember whose turn it is to break, it's a it's a mind thing. But you should be able to ask the ref, "Hey, is it my break or is it his?" If you don't take the responsibility to find out before you rack the balls, and we're trying to solve this problem by like just like, having it, it all out there, like there's just no reason. It was a lesson that was learned. Almost every single break after that moment in the whole tournament, people were saying, "Is it me? Is it him?" It was, and that's fine. Asking. That should be, that, and that's yes, should, but that nobody should be perfectly okay. But it only happened after the, that situation had happened. So, <laughs> why is why are you trying I to solve this I problem? Don't, I mean, I don't see the I don't see the problem when Maxim take the responsibility and turn around saying, like 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 Raymond said, and Mister. Bloody blah to break, Mr. Wu to break, Mr. Chuck, whoever. I mean, and I don't see the don't problem. See the with or a little red dot. I mean, it's, it's, it's a nothing thing. I mean, it, it, yeah, player responsibility. I mean, it's, a lot of stuff is player responsibility. Let's let them play pool. Well, and the people who are really good at it are the people who are successful and they don't make dumb errors. Yeah, okay, well, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. I just think it could be, it could be. Why not just let? Why not just have it up on the scoreboard? This is a person has to break, right? Because well, now you have to actually have a scoreboard. Now you have to have somebody there responsible. You've already got a scoreboard. You're adding a dot to the name. I mean, do you really? Do you really want at the beginning of every single rack somebody going up to the referee and saying, "Is it me to break?" I mean, that looks stupid on TV. But they're all going to do it now because they don't want to make a mistake. I bet you will not. I bet. I bet you. I bet you will not see anybody do this going forward because this is the only time it's happened, and like, ever. Sam, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I think I was thinking, you know, in my head of a way that players could be able to, they could be able to uh, keep track of it. Like if you just, because I when we played at the Predator event in Wisconsin, they had the device where you just tap the score. If you could, if they just had a device sitting there and you just tapped, I just broke. And then it switches over to the next player once you you know sit down, and then it's super simple to track. I mean, but that's what I was thinking. But I think if the ref you know says you know blah 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 to break, that works too. Uh, you know, I I don't even know. I don't think it's that big of a deal to be honest. I mean, Q score does it as well. Q score as soon as you update your score, the little white ball moves to the person that has to break. Yeah, yeah. And we, we play in the, in, in the Dutch divisions and the European championships, we play alternate break. And sometimes you have a rack that goes on for so long that you sort of look at each other afterwards and say, is it your break or my break? You just look at the scoreboard that tells you whose break it is. Oh, yeah, it's my break. All right. 
that sometimes you play a long rank. Sometimes you, you you just you both sort of look at each other. You both pick the break cue up and you go, eh? your break, my break. <laughs> oh yeah, your break. Okay, it can happen. And that's, and that's literally all you have to do is ask the ref. And if you get it wrong, that there has to be repercussions for it. I mean, if you go out of turn and you don't verify it, I mean, it, it's silly to think that like. Okay, so we're just so, going right, to try to have I the ref do all the work. I, mean, I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to spend too much time talking about this. But let's say I'm playing you. You know it's your break, but I think it's my break. And you see me take my break, you and think, ho-ho. And you go sit in your seat, knowing full well that it's your break. Are you being unsportsman by letting me just break and then standing up and say, sorry, it was my break? I mean, now, well, now we're talking about like the gray area in between a, a, a rule that doesn't even exist, right? But I've seen no, people you, do that you, before. You, but you're watching, you're watching me walk up to the table to make a foul. Sure. The referee, the referee is also watching me walk up to the table to play a foul. Well, Shane did that. Shane did that exactly to Joey, and we middle of the middle, giant... middle, middle of the rack, and that's a brain. But it's foul. the same. It's the same situation. I mean, you're watching your opponent go up and foul. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the same situation. It's pretty close to it. You're literally watching your opponent go up and foul, knowing sure, full well that they're about to foul, and you're you're asking, should you say something? It's the same situation with Joey. Should I? Should Shane have gotten up out of his chair and said, "Hey"? You're shooting the wrong ball. Shoot at this one, right? Look, I mean, Should I get up out of my chair? Nate, Nate, you, Nate, you've played enough pool. Sam's played enough pool. We've all been to situations where we've had to sit and think, whose break is it? All of us. We've all been there. But, and but you can think it's your break. Unless, yes, you but, can ask the referee every single time, is it my... And that's what's going to happen. They're going to ask every single time, is it my break? Is it his break? Whose break is it? They're sure, not going to take but, the risk. But what, you're, what you're missing is the solution is right there. Just ask the ref. It's always going to be right there. Yeah, but the solution is also just right there. Have it on the scoreboard. I mean, fuck's sake. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm not arguing against that. I just think that you have to now have somebody that operates that. And you're basically just trying to, like, take all of the, the player responsibility. And the referee, then the referee doesn't have to track either. What if the referee turns and says, oh, shit, I wish you hadn't asked me that. I'm going to have to go and check on the scoreboard. That's their job. <laughs> Anyways, we can go on. Uh, Chris, is, Chris, is, uh, Chris is laughing at me. Which I think he's laughing at you. Uh, so, I don't. I, I mean, I guess what else did you guys want to talk about for the World Cup of Pool? Do you have, did you have any like big surprises? Any team you, you thought would do better? Talking to me or talking to Sam? Well, Sam, what do you think? Uh, did you have any I, big surprises from it? I thought the I thought the U.S. was definitely going to go way farther than they did. Um, I did not think they were going to lose to Japan. To be honest, I thought I thought the Philippines beating Spain A was a big surprise at first. And then obviously once I saw how the Philippines could actually play together, then it definitely didn't seem like a, a surprise at all. Um, Great Britain definitely played better than they did last year uh, for sure. But I know it didn't, you know, go well in the end, but um, I don't think there was too, what? Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't think there was too many surprises to be honest. I think the, the, team that was supposed to win usually did win yeah so. i think actually in that in that sense it was pretty chalky i don't think there was any I, I don't think there was a single upset that you would look at and be like yeah i cannot believe that that happened that that's that's a surprise uh yeah. there's you know there's a couple of matches that could go either way that you know maybe it's 60 40 one way uh probably us and japan maybe is like that maybe 60 40 that the us should win at least on paper uh but if, nobody's going to be like oh my goodness how did japan win that that's that's a huge surprise right Jim, yeah. do, do you agree with that, or did you have any on there that you thought? 
Did I have any what? You broke up again. Uh, did you have any on there that like you thought were big upsets? Um, I, I thought maybe some score lines were were were, yep. were, were either closer or or more one sided than what, what I expected. But the the teams that generally came through the tournament towards the latter stages, um, I was with Sam. I thought I I mean I knew that that that, that Spain A against Philippines was going to be a really tough match for for Spain A. It was one of the tougher draws they could have got. Uh, I thought out of the unseeded teams, it was Spain, it was Philippines and uh, China that you wanted to avoid. Um, not a surprise that Philippines beat them, um, but um, uh, no real surprises. No, not really. I thought the tournament kind of went the way I would agree. I would have I would have expected USA to get past certainly to get past Japan. Um, other than that, there's nobody that really performed under or under what I would have would have expected. I uh, there was some interesting stuff. I was I, I was always going to be interested to see how the, the the German pairing would pair up, and I thought they did fantastically well. Um, and on the other hand, I was in, obviously personally interested to see how Jason and uh, Elliot would pair up. Uh, I saw some good and some bad uh, in there. There was some stuff that I wasn't particularly happy about with, but um, and some stuff I thought. I mean. I thought Elliot in, in, in certain situations handled himself very well. Um, I think he did all the things that he was supposed to do. Um, didn't quite reach the level that we've that I've seen him play, um, but he didn't play a he didn't play below what I would expect him to play out there. Um, I um, no, I would I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't have picked Philippines at the start of it, but the way they played, I think they 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 one hundred percent deserved it. Uh, to be honest, I guess yeah. There's two things I guess I want to highlight from this event. Uh, one of them is more broad. Uh, somebody made a post on the Matchroom forum and said, "Race to seven is way too short. This is it's silly watching the best players in the world play race to seven. And Emily Fraser just makes a comment out there that says, "I agree." Uh, I mean. I think everybody agrees, right? I mean, everybody thinks that the race of seven is too short. Uh, in a, in an event like this, at least the Moscone Cup, the race is the five. They, everybody wants us to be nine. I, I think that's stupid. I think the excitement of the race of five is is fantastic. Keep that the way it is, because if you lose a game, uh, if you lose a match, congratulations, you get to go right back out there again and try again four more times that day, five times sometimes. I just I. I I think it's just a little weird that like a, a New Zealand team is going to come over, or Australia team is going to come over, and they're going to fly 15 hours, and they're going to go home every time because there's, there's just not enough talent between those two countries to really. Uh, I don't want to say win a match because they could win a match, but to to Australia should have won. Uh, Australia should have beaten wow. Austria. Yeah, they should have. That would I guess that would be the big upset if it would have happened. But what they they ended up missing a, a, a Look, I don't want to say an easy nine ball, but a routine nine ball. And then they missed a couple runouts, including on Hill Hill. It's you know. Look, the one thing Maxim did. One thing Maxim did, which I think they will do in the future going forward, is they they doubled it up with another event. Yeah. So it was more value for players to come over and play because they'd be getting the Spanish Open and then the World Cup of Polo. If you add value to the travel, then then you get these players. And I got no problem with the race of seven. You end up with a winner and you end up with a loser. What's what 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 does it matter? I mean, I don't see the I don't see the well, issue. Then why not? The, why not make it a single game, right? At some point in time, what we're saying is there's an optimal number to play it. I think I think a race to nine, eleven, and thirteen, just like they do for the regular. I just don't see why I don't see why a double tournaments where you're shooting half the shots, the race is shorter than it's ever been. 
right? not I mean, shorter than it's ever been. It's not, it's not shorter than it's ever been. It's always been seven. No, World I'm Cup talking about pool. for other events. The Spanish Open, the, you just played a The World Cup of Pool, you don't want them all to be the same. The World Cup of Pool has always been seven. Why Why change it? It's always been seven. And we always, at the end of it, we turn around and we congratulate the team who won it and says, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Now, all of a sudden, we're moaning about the, the fact that... I'm not moaning about it. I'm not moaning... I'm not moaning about anything. Everybody's everyone's fixated on race to nine. It has to be race. Why does it have to be race to nine? Why not race to seven? What's the difference? I mean, Jesus Christ, you get a winner, you get a loser. It's if you're going to have a longer race, you would think you'd want to do it in a single elimination tournament where you play one match and you're potentially done, right? I mean, make the argument then for a double elimination tournament where a race of seven is whatever you go to the other side. It doesn't matter. You're going over there, you're playing a match. Whether you win, if you win it, you're glad. If you win it seven, six, you're glad it's finished and you've won it. I mean, (laughs) you're playing a match, whether it's a race to seven, eight, nine. Well, then why not make it a race of two? Doesn't matter. Or a race of three. Let's just get it over with faster so we can get more matches. Fine, do that. If somebody (laughs) wants to, if somebody wants to organize. Listen, if somebody wants to organize a tournament with a 40,000 winner's prize and they say it's race to three, do you think people are not going to come just because it's a race to three? Well, clearly Emily Frazier agrees with me because she wants longer races too. So, But let's see if she does it. It's her tournament. She can do whatever she wants. She but why she is wants. everybody getting up? Everybody pissing and moaning on Facebook. It should it should be alternate break. Jeez, it should be. I don't, I don't agree with that. I absolutely there's don't a, agree with that. A, there's a tournament on the cards. It's a race to seven the first two rounds, then it's nine and 11. That's, I'm not. That's I'm not it. arguing. I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying, why wouldn't you want more of this great pool? Why wouldn't? Why would you want to make the races shorter? Why wouldn't you want to make them longer? If the, if the content is awesome, we love it, and we want to watch more of it. Why wouldn't we want to have more matches? And I'm, yes, but, you, but want okay, it. but, but, but so if which the viewers point, want but, it, and the players want it, and uh, the organizer wants it. What's the point? Why wouldn't you? I don't. I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think that that, that viewers really care. I I care. As a viewer, Sam, do you want? No, you, you can, want no, 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 no. You're a pool purist. I'm talking so, about new view, new new viewers that tune in and they watch. They don't okay, give a well, crap. They don't give a got, crap. It's seven, we got, nine, we got forty. We got we got forty people tuning in right now. You tell us, people out there, would you rather see more pool or less pool? You tell us. Or okay, more pool, uh, less pool, or the same amount of, the, of pool. <laughs> out of these forty people, how many of you are new pool fans? How many of you watched the World Cup of Pool and it was the first event you've ever watched? What does that mean? It's, it's not about us as pool purists. It's about creating a wider global audience. Well, that's why we're audience. asking our audience. We'll ask our audience. Yeah, they're not a global, they're not wide global audience. They're our fans. They're the the, the queue up podcast. Norm, yeah, always more. Of course, always more. We want more. We want race. Of course we do. But this that's not what attracts. Well, not you. You want less. New fans. New <laughs> or fans, the same. New fans, want, new, new fans want to tune in and think, oh, this match is going to race to seven. It's a half an hour of boom, 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 boom. I'll see the end of this before I go to work or before I go and pick up the kids or whatever. They, they you know, they, they're not. If you ask, if you ask a new pool fan to, we we want to watch races to twenty five and races to thirty. That's what we love to watch. But if you ask a new pool fan to sit down for four hours and watch pool, they're not going to do it. It doesn't bring in new viewers because it's boring no. until it gets to like Why don't you go ask those Spanish fans that showed up for their, their, their three matches total of the Spanish team and they were, the Spanish uh, Span A was out in like an hour and 10 minutes and Spain B won in about 40 minutes and then lost in about 40 minutes. Why don't you ask those and they all had a great time being brand there. new phone those brand new fans that have probably never watched pool before but saw that it was coming to their town. And wanted to go watch some pool, and they got to watch about two hours total because their their matches lasted so little, and their team was out. And then they didn't show up the rest of the time. Why don't you go ask those people if they wanted more pool or less pool? 
Because they lost, so they didn't like it because they lost. Well, sure. Doesn't mean they don't no, want I'm to sure watch were, I'm, I'm sure the ones that were there supporting uh, Spain B were glad that they won 7-5 or 7-4, whatever, and it didn't have seven, to go one. to 8 or 9. 7-1, seven, 7-2. Seven, they, they won well, and then lost. Whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. You have a winner and you have a loser. This, the, the, the format is the format. Why does everyone have to bitch about it? Because you I don't want you, you don't want all your tournaments being the same. That's the last thing you want. You don't want every single set of nine ball you watch to be a race to nine. You don't want that. It becomes boring. Everything looks exactly the same. That's how tennis is. That's how golf is. No, tennis That's isn't how the basketball same. is. Tennis isn't because you have your majors are, are races are, are best of five sets. And your normal tournaments are best of three sets. You have in tennis, you have championship tie breaks, you have normal tie breaks. You have no tie breaks. You have win by two two games instead of a tie break. You've got different variations. The different tournaments do it differently. This is not for golf, simple. not for basketball, the not scoring for scoring system is the same. But sorry, not for not for football. You still play ninety minutes. Not for basketball. You still play six, uh, forty-eight minutes. Not for American football. You still play for sixty minutes. Everything's the same that way. Yeah, but they don't change. They don't change one one. World Cup of uh, or the the World Cup of all right. Uh, well, well, okay, well, well, okay, well, but basketball. Your basketball only has one tournament. Your American football only has one tournament. You know, your soccer, as far as you're concerned, is only the World Cup. It only has one tournament. Pull, you tell me the Premier the, League is in ninety tour- minutes. Sorry, is the Premier League is that ninety minutes? Yeah, it's ninety is, minutes. Okay, is, a, FIFA, a is of, it ninety a minutes? Of, a rack of nine ball. A rack of nine balls always going to be nine balls. It's always going to be six pockets. It's always going to be a, a, a nine by four and a half table. But you have to. You have to. You, you can't just the only. Di- you can't just make the only difference in your tournaments be location. There has to be more to it than that. I, I just think Otherwise, for a tournament that stagnates and becomes boring. I'm just saying. For, I, I'm looking at. I'm look. I'm looking at the uh, the. I am looking at it from a player's perspective that has to jump on a plane. No, you're not. No, you're not. Absolutely. You're not looking, from a, you're not looking at it from a player's perspective. Elliot, what, Elliot shot one ball last year. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him, it was close. But for most of the countries that are coming from this, it's not a, it's not a one hour of plane flight. It's, it's an actual investment that's going to cost you thousands of dollars to get over there. And you want to be able to actually play some pool. Yeah, but that's but you've got the span. That, that's what I mean. Now they're combining it with another major event, so you're there for a major. Yeah, but not event every player. Matt Edwards didn't. Matt Edwards didn't go over there to play the the Spanish Open. He went over there just for the World Cup of Pool. That's his choice. Well, maybe it's not because his choice. He, maybe he doesn't financially have the ability to go over there for three weeks and pay. Just said no then. Hotel. He could have just said no then. Well, how are you gonna get? How are you gonna get more opportunities for sponsorship if you don't end up? putting yourself out there on the stage it's the same for everyone it's going to be the same for sam it's going to be the same for everybody you've got to work you've got you've sam, got you to play a race to seven you want to play a race to nine if you have to travel all the way over to europe i think i think you should what if you've got to play if you've got to play shane van boning would you rather play a race to seven or a race to nine against shane yeah uh i think race to seven there you go Okay, now do you want to jump on a plane to play him in a race of seven, or do you want to go in your backyard and play him a race of seven? I think what they need to do for the World Cup of Pool, I I mean, they don't have to. It's just my opinion. Uh, For players, obviously, like like New Zealand and Austria, they flew over there, and, you know, they both went out first round. They should make it uh, 32 teams, keep it like that, 32 teams, double elimination, make it uh, two tables, though, uh, and then one YouTube stream. 
and then uh, do the final eight, the single elimination. So four qualifying the winners and four qualifying the loser side. And then uh, keep it race to seven till the final eight. And then, you know, you go to nine and then you go to 11. But that's the that, same that format. Way, Jim's going to have an aneurysm if you say the same format. What? No, no, no. I think, no, 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 no. It's the same I'm, format as their single saying, event, right? It's, it's still a race to seven, but it's still going to take the same amount of time because, you know, you it's double elimination, but you, you're going to have two tables. What, what I think they could do, if you're going to call it a World Cup, and I'm looking at World Cup in football, if you've got 32 teams there, split them into eight groups cool. of four. Yeah. Let everybody play each other, and then the top two get through. They go single elimination. Everybody and gets love a few matches. And then keep it a race of seven. In fact, make it a race to five, maybe, at that point. Make it a race to five in the groups, and then race to seven when you get through at the single elimination. I like that. That's pretty cool. And then everybody gets, everybody can lose a match. Everyone can have a bad half hour. And you you then have those quick races, those quick bum, 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 Moscone Cup formats. They're all having a go at each other. And you can still lose a match and you can still qualify from your group and get through the single elimination. Do something like that. I like that. See, I'm looking at the players. I'm, I'm I, just want ideas. To, I just don't want them to, I don't want them to fly five hours or uh, 5,000 miles to, uh, to, to lose seven to one when they only got three opportunities at the table. That's why I say, you know, a double elimination, you know, it gives them two matches at least. I like the pool. I like the pool thing. I think that's a good idea. Because that's the way a lot of other sports do already now, anyway. So I don't know. I like. How did uh, how did Albania do? They won their first and lost their second. I yeah. I know, but I know I know they did that. I'm saying like in their second match, what happened with Albania? I didn't actually see that match. No, I was uh, actually. I watched, I watched a good chunk. They did do. I mean, they played Poland. I mean, Poland played well. Uh, if I remember right, I think uh, Eklund played okay. Uh, his partner did not. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, I don't remember what his partner's name was. Was it like Bizarre or something like that? Yeah, Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, and he was playing pretty good his first yeah, match. Yeah. He did. He plays well. yeah. They've but, played together in the past. I mean, he he is a he's a very good player. I think he's a full time cop, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Like that's what mm -hmm. his real job is. And uh, but he he like uh he doesn't play full time. He plays like. I bet you get. I bet you get pretty short odds now on on whether it's the Catchy Brothers next year. Oh, I don't think you have a. I don't think you have a prayer. Um, of it not being, I mean, there's no, there's no way that you would even argue that uh, he's not at least in the same category as um, uh, Bizarre uh, as far mm -hmm. as quality of player. And then why wouldn't you want to have the dynamic of brothers, right? Yeah. As far as like the marketing side of things, it, it makes sense. I but I, there's still there's still a, there's still are a bunch of countries that I just don't understand how they do uh, their 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 choices. I know the wild card. It seems like you can pick basically anybody because uh, Finland, their number one player wasn't even he wasn't he wasn't on their team. Uh, it was Mika and uh, Petri, was it? Oh no, Yanni, yeah. right? Yanni. No, no, no Mika and Petri. Petri. Oh yeah, yeah, Petri. And but but Yanni's the number one Finnish player right now, if I'm not mistaken. He is now, but I don't. I'm not sure if he was before the UK Open. Uh, before the yeah, before the UK Open. Or before the Spanish, yeah, I guess it's, it's yeah, 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 I guess. But um, when the teams are announced, my my, under, my my understanding of it is the top sixteen individual country players. That's how they. So, see I mean, you it, can yeah. you can have more than one, like Austria. I've got two in there, or maybe even three. So the top sixteen individual countries there, you see the teams. Now, so that's one player from each team. If you have 
if the second player is also in the top 32 players, then that is your automatic partner. If the second player is not within the top 32, then it's a wild card. So the likes of Albin, Albin had to play with Mario. Mario yeah. He couldn't play with Max because Mario was Max also is in the top 32 as well, though. Exactly. So, so but you know, Mario's Max higher. Max is probably the, the, the Max would be the highest seeded player that didn't play World Cup pool, and it's because two Austrians were ranked above him. Um, whereas Team GB, Jason could pick who he wanted because the number two was not in the top thirty-two players. So he went for Elliot. If one, if if like Melling had been Gassi number, somewhat close. No, he's not in the top thirty-two. If Melling had been number, oh, no, I'm saying he is. I'm saying he has to be kind of close. I would think. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think he's even anywhere near. Yeah. It was semifinals of the U.S. Open last year. I mean, that was a, that was a big payday. Who was semifinal of the U.S. Open? Chris Melling. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Was it final four last year? Was Carlos Villado? Chris Melling hasn't Chris Melling hasn't got close to a tournament since he won the Derby City Classic in 2019 or something like that. Well, he was a quarterfinalist then. Okay, quarterfinal. Okay, he was a quarterfinalist. Yeah. Is yeah, he, he was, uh, yeah. are, you, are you telling me Mellon was quarterfinals at US Open? You've got that in front of you, do you? Yes, he was last year. I was thinking it was the semifinals, but yeah, he was a quarterfinals. Because I remember he, he swung okay, by the booth. Cool. Okay. Yeah. He, he so, that, so, that, that means, so that that so that gets him back then the US Open was 60,000, 30,000, 50. It gets him seven and a half thousand. It's not it doesn't make a big dent yeah, in yeah, the ranking. No, no, it doesn't make a big dent in the ranking. I just remember those. Those that would have been a pretty decent payday. But I was thinking it was the semifinals, which would have been like ten thousand. So it would have been, it would have been close-ish. I'm not saying he would have been top thirty-two. I'm saying he, it's it's not like he's riding five hundred dollars or something. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, continue. I think it's I think it's something like that. So the, you know, like Austria didn't have a choice. Their two players are picked from the ranking, whereas GB Jason basically gets a free choice, so you can pick who he wants. Um, so you think Kachi with, would actually have that uh, that by by Kachi, what you're saying because Kachi, Kachi has to be. But I think I think Kachi had to, I think Kachi had to announce his partner before um, be, before the UK Open. But you uh, think he'd still pick his brother if he knows? No, no, because you still have to pick somebody from the ranking, and his brother had not taken part in any matchroom events, which makes him ele- 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 eligible to play. Gotcha. Yep. So he's not allowed that, to that pick his brother because he's never taken part in a matchroom event. Yeah, that's that for dropping the dropping. But yes, now so. and, and leaving there. <laughs> I don't Sorry, know how. Jim, Jim and I argued a bunch more times since then. It's kind of what we do. Jim's my guy. Jim's, Jim, Jim understands what you know decorum and professionalism is all about. So. What, what, what kind of professionalism? <laughs> decorum and professionalism. Exactly. Which yeah. apparently yeah. is giving uh, seriously lacking in Nate's household. That's funny. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, it's. Well, I think now that Raymond's back, we can probably stop. No. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the only thing I was bringing up earlier with where all this started was uh, before Jim started triggering, getting triggered because I, I said we shouldn't have a race to seven anymore. Mm-hmm. Emily agrees. And it's good to see that uh, even even with events like this, they're still looking on improving them as opposed yeah. to just letting yeah, them. Always yeah. yeah, always, always. Yep. They always take feedback. I think yep. the players have lobbied for stuff that keeps them, you know, protects the players. Right. And that was really one of my my like foundational points of even bringing up the whole referee introducing thing because it protects the players from a, a potential embarrassing moment that, you know, we're all prone to anyhow. And I think it's a low, it's a low yield 
ask to, to do that. And the, and, you know, it's, it's housekeeping, but like with the break, you know, the break, you know, the players were like, look, we don't want to play break from the rail one on the spot. It's just, you know, you know, it's just too easy to get beat uh, at that level. And I, I agree. And you know, it's, it's a tough format to try and win. And now I think they've got the break to where it's a non-issue, right? Every now and again, they throw in the wrinkle of the triangle rack to, tr to trigger people like me. And I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Just like, it's already hard enough to do this break. Now you're going to add the, the variety of the variability of a, of a, even a, even a well-meaning ref is going to, you know, you're going to slug somebody two or three times in a set. And that's well, just, you're almost, if, if you're using the hand rack, you're almost better off just, just putting a ball somewhere and just smashing it. Just smashing them. Yeah. Because what? I mean, there's, there's, you're not going to make the wing ball or the, yeah. if you, you're not going to make the wing ball or the one ball consistently. If you, give me a hand, if you give me a hand rack, if you give me a hand rack on this break format, I'm putting the cue ball on the spot and I'm just ramming yeah, a, nine, smash I'm just it, ramming just a 10 ball break and trying to get the night moving. Yeah. It doesn't benefit uh, a player who's, who's developed skill. Like you're, hard, you're, you're penalizing the player for having developed the skill of working on that break. And you need to have those balls touching in order to make that even, even have a chance, even have a chance of, of being somewhat controllable. And there's enough variability there where you can hit them perfect and scratch or, you know, take a kiss. Or you might not get shape and like, you know, all that's already built in. So I think the template is, is perfect. And even the template every so often, there's a little gap and you can see the balls go crack and you get one of those anyhow. So even with the template, you know, if you, you know, it's the referee's trying to get there and get out of the way as fast as possible. You know, you're still going to get the occasional odd bad rack anyhow, you know, but I think to protect the player, you implement things like that template and you just standardize everything as much as possible. So I think to that effect, I think the introducing the players is the same thing. I think as far as far as nine ball goes, this is about as good as you can make it as far as a break goes. I don't think I don't think you can do anything more with it. I think this is as good as it gets. I agree. This is it. You just let the players figure it out. And, you know, yeah. you have different approaches. You have Kachi who goes up there and murders the balls. You can hear him. But you are seeing more. You are seeing more players hitting them harder and harder all the time. Yeah, because they're, they're, really they're, they're developing. They're, they're, no, it's more of like moderate to, yeah. to firm. Very few people come up and, and just, you know, throw a puff powder puff ball up there you know what i mean no. because it doesn't benefit them it doesn't no, because they're, they're noticing that the players that have the success are the players that are using yeah. the power break and sometimes sometimes you can only go up there and break you know 60 or 70 percent that day and be mm -hmm. and be controlled because that's just how it is sometimes you can go up there and hit them 85 percent 90 percent so you know i think objectively when you have somebody like kachi it makes everybody else's 60 or 70 percent look way look, softer weak. And really if there was two people breaking the same way it would never come up you know so you kind of got to fade that a little bit too because you hear kachi's break and then you hear somebody else's break and it's a little bit you know they might the the objectivity thing i think becomes more a little funny at that point when i when, I, when, when i'm watching I, I i generally look at the cue ball now and yeah. if if it looks to me like the cue ball would have made a third side rail, oh. then for me that's the, for me that's hard enough. That's safe for sure. The two cushions and back out to the middle, I think it's fine. When you're just creeping to the second cushion, then you no. know you're like on the borderline of getting of being soft, and you might want to warn them. But I think that's a, an easy way to just say. That for me, if I'm a referee, that's what I'd be looking at. I wouldn't be looking at the three points. I'd be no. looking at is that is that cue ball going to catch the 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 side rail again on a th on a third attempt? If sure. so, I'm good with it. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That's clear for sure. Yeah. Assuming you, you don't hit the rack too thick. I mean, that's yeah, just, you might you might get. Yeah, it. okay, but you see that as well. You know, you see yeah. it as well, and you see that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, and just the, the mishits. I mean, one of the mishits on this break is hitting it too thick, and then you, you probably won't just because you're you're transferring all that cue ball energy through the rack. Right. I think I think the mark of a good referee is somebody who just is invisible. You know, I thought, well, I thought Nigel Reese I and Nikita were the best at that. They used discretion. They didn't pull. You know, they didn't call any phony stuff. Um, Absolutely agreed. Just for the sake of you know being involved in the show. They were they were ghosts, you know what I mean. And then they take care of the crowd. They were just top notch. So I think, I think you know the referees are doing a good job at, at doing that and being professional and clean. And you oh, know you just, you also don't want the referees to look bad, you know what I mean. And I think those rules like, uh, oh you broke out a turn after you know that to me just feels like it makes referees kind of like too involved, you know what I mean? Almost it's like borderline. And then there's just like then the fans back home. Oh I hate that referee. Blah blah blah. Whatever. It's a hard job, so they're doing a great job. Keep it up. And we need more of them. We need yep. more and more and yeah. more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Fun. Well, I don't know. I got nothing else. Anybody else have anything else? No. Um, I hope when's your next event? When's your next event, guys? Sam, when's your next event? Um, I have a, I have a not so very big tournament coming up this weekend, and then. The my next one is uh, in two weeks, I believe it's the twelfth through the sixteenth. Uh, there's one in Des Moines, Iowa. The the Big Dogs uh, Midwest Expo. It's a match and ranking event, so I'll be playing in that one. Hopefully, hopefully you're going to be there as well, Raymond. Yeah, I have a, a small uh, weekend tournament in Orlando uh, for the, it's called the People's Tournament. Dominic Dunn is running it as part of Densky Dungeon. So he's doing a mixed Scotch doubles event. Uh, it's Fargo capped. I have a partner, the the room manager out of uh, Sanford Jillian. We haven't hit a ball yet together, so we're probably going to snap it off. And then uh, uh, they have a little open bar table event as well um, over the weekend. They have a ladies event as well. So it should be a fun kind of like, you know, local thing. And then I'm going to Big Dogs in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, the following week. Uh, I'm actually going to be in South Dakota on the 12th. I'm flying up to meet a good friend of mine, Matt Cady. He just opened a pool room called uh, Rack City Billiards in Sioux Falls. Um, tremendous guy, wonderful uh, human being. Him and a couple of his friends, uh, Shiffy and Emac, are hosting me for a few days to train up there and relax and kind of just you know spend some time with some buddies. And then we're going to drive down to Des Moines. From Sioux Falls and um, go play the tournament and sweat that. So should be fun. Nate, do you got any tournaments coming up? I do not. I am tied up every weekend. This is a particularly busy summer with uh, graduations and weddings and uh, trips that Alicia and I, my wife and I are uh, taking. So I actually do not have a weekend open now until like. Uh, I think the first weekend that I have off, it would be when I come back from Vegas, uh, which I'll be out there for the APA team nationals. I think, Sam, you're going to be out there too, right? Yeah, I'm going to be out there helping out with the McDermott booth. Yeah, so the, the first uh, the first open weekend I have is the weekend after that. So I believe like the 16th or whatever of August. But I have my table now, and uh, so I've, I've been playing a little bit. Are you going to the weekend. expo in the morning, Nate? No. Still no? Still can't do it. So, uh, yeah, I guess, Jim, do you have anything? Nope, that's me. That's it for me. I can't think we've uh, covered everything. Sure. 
Well, we haven't covered everything yet because we still got to thank our sponsors that allow us to do all of this. So uh, we'll start out with uh, the patrons that allow us to continue doing this. Uh, the, the big supporters behind us, uh, Double Dave Cues, Dave Wiersma, Bo Bashir, Cody Wedig, Ed Ladawi, Matt Poland, Morgan Lupton. Thank you all so much for what you guys do. And then to Jacoby Custom Cues, uh, I do want to just make an announcement that um, – for anybody who is a part of the Jacoby family or follows Jacoby uh, as a company, uh, it was started by David Jacoby. And I don't want to go into the details of what's going on because I don't think it's fair to the family. Uh, but he, they did make a post publicly that said that David is actually on his way out uh, from this life and on to the next. And they asked everybody that wanted to share anything with David uh, that they could send it over via their Facebook page. Uh, to be able to read that to him so that he would be able to have, you know, a big group of messages all come in at once that they would be able to share with him as is needed. So very, very sad that um, we have this news, but uh, Brandon and uh, David have built up a massive company. They they do amazing things for this industry and he will be missed greatly by everybody in the pool community, especially all of the juniors, the, the players that they sponsor, all the events in Wisconsin. Um, you know, they've never, to my knowledge, have really ever said no to anybody who from Wisconsin that came and asked if they would help with, you know, raising money or benefits or stuff like that. Uh, very, very generous with the, the the time and the energy and the the finances that they give back to this uh, this industry that we all love. So really sad. But um, if you wanted to say anything, if you ever had a relationship with David, uh, he was always the happiest guy at uh when he was not napping anyways at uh, the vendor, <laughs> the vendors in Vegas or wherever you may have come across Jacoby in the past, always there with a smile on his face, ready to have help people. So if you have any stories or anything that you want to say, I know that they made a post on Facebook saying that uh, you can send them a PM of uh, whatever you want read to, to Dave and uh, they would, they would get the message across. So I just wanted to say that uh, thinking about everybody in the Jacoby family and sad news, but, so is life sometimes, you know. With that, uh, I don't know. Anybody else got anything before we uh, tune out for the week? No. Uh, happy Fourth of July to all the Americans uh, celebrating tomorrow. Be safe. Enjoy the fireworks. Uh, go shake a veteran's hand and uh, have a cheeseburger and a hot dog. And God bless America. Yeah, Nathan's hot dog. Uh, what is that? Tomorrow, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, too. yeah. America, fuck yeah! <laughs> How many times do you think we said that in uh, in London? <laughs> Sam, who's your pick to win the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, and what's the number? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> the answer is the answer is Joey Joey Chestnut, and uh, we're gonna go for seventy two dogs. Hot dogs seventy two, huh? Mm -hmm. Is that with bread as well? Hot dogs and buns. Yep. Shit. Yeah. Nate, you might be able to win that. You should go out and try. He'd get crushed by the little uh, Asian American girl. Nate. <laughs> there's a there's a fatty. Oh she's my god! Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she, she she does like fifty, right? She does like four. Yeah, she's in the forties and fifties. She crushes. Yeah, it's insane, she's man. She's like tiny. She's a little girl. Nate, 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 Nate eats hot dogs whole. He doesn't even chew them. He just ah, <laughs> ah hot dog. No, ah, another hot dog. Ah. That's the winning technique. <laughs> That's the winning technique. Yeah. All right. Well, with that inappropriateness by Jim, we're going to uh, we're going to sign off. So thank you, everybody. 
and American only exit. Uh, have a good day, everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Cheers, All right, guys. take care, everyone. See you next week.